Well, welcome to the first ever Bankroller podcast. I'm Adam Franchella and the CEO and co-founder of Bankroller. Uh, and I'm joined by my co-founder and COO, Colin Thaw. What's up, Colin? How you doing, brother? What's up, Adam? Looking forward to uh, getting this podcast started. Yeah, sounds good. This is actually our first one. So, you know, we're, we're going to test some things out and hopefully you guys like it. But before we jump into our main topic today, uh, what I want to do is just briefly introduce Bankroller for those of you who aren't familiar with it yet. So what we're doing at Bankroller is essentially we're introducing a new way to bet on sports, which we're calling fantasy betting pools. Um, and the concept is pretty simple. So once we create our application, which is in process right now, any user will enter a pool with a fixed buy-in amount, uh, just like a DraftKings or a FanDuel daily fantasy pool. And then those buy-in amounts will vary, right? So you know if you're only comfortable putting in a $5 buy-in, that's fine. You know Some people might be willing $20, $50, $100, whatever your risk profile is. That can be your buying amount. There's going to be pools for you, contests for you. Then each contest has a set duration. So let's say, for example, say Friday to Sunday is kind of a weekend betting pool duration that we've come up with. And when that contest begins, each player is given a bankroll of fake currency uh, that we are calling rolls. Over the course and over the course of the contest, players can use their bankroll to bet on anything that they want with their rolls. So you can bet on parlays, spreads, prop bets, money lines, literally anything. And, you know, essentially it's not just betting at the beginning, right? You don't just put all your money on, on Friday. If it's a Friday to Sunday pool, we want you betting with your winnings and reinvesting your profit. Or, you know, if you get down early, you know, I hope you hit some parlays towards the end to, to climb back in and, and to, you know, to keep betting. But, you know, basically you're the manager of your bankroll during the course of the contest and, you know, how you're doing, you can react based on the leaderboard um, and put in bets accordingly. But, you know, basically when the time runs out of the pool, players with the highest bankroll uh, of rolls win the real dollar prizes. So that's the ultimate goal, right? Is at the end of the pool. So in this example I gave earlier, the Sunday, you know, if you have the highest bankroll or, or you know, in the top 10%, you're going to win real dollar prizes based on the entry fee that you put in and based on how many people are in there. So that's, you know, the fantasy betting pool format that we're coming up with. And we love this format for so many reasons. Uh, I mean, for me, you know, we've been playing this for a while now. I love being able just to bet on a ton of things and, and always know that, you know, when I get home, uh, you know, the fiance is not going to make me sleep on the couch uh, tonight. And, you know, because I, I know I have that fixed risk, but I still have all that action, all, all this different stuff with a lot of upside. So, you know, that's what I love about it. Colin, I mean, feel free to put your 10 cents in. I'm curious your favorite, you know, favorite part of bankroll thus far, but uh, you know, it's a quick overview. Yeah. It's been great. We've, we've been able to do kind of a quick and dirty beta test run uh, with our friends over the, over the last few weeks and months uh, before the application is actually ready. Yep. And so we've been getting a real, in the ideation phase, it always sounded great, but now actually being able to play it using kind of Google Sheets and Google Forms, while not the ideal process going through it, it still gives the great sense of kind of how the game plan's got to feel. And through that, yep. it's really crystallized for me that while betting in the past for me, I became really an avid sports gambler because I was such a huge sports fan ever since I was a really young kid. And gambling for me gave me that even extra high and that extra motivation to really get into all different games and, and even dive further into the sports that I love that I would normally kind of pay attention to. I'd usually just follow the Jets, Giants, Knicks, Yankees, et cetera. But with gambling, it kind of widened my horizons. But with that, like you said, with kind of the anecdote of Lindsay making me sleep on the couch, uh, the lows were really low, right? So 
I definitely had a problem with kind of chasing after bets that I thought were locks and kind of going all in on those. And it didn't feel great at night. Like I'd, I'd have some sleepless nights thinking about how much I had to pay my bookie that next day, just, just to be honest. And this really has married that perfect format for me where I get that rush. And then if I lose, I'm like, you know what? It was still fun. I'm not sweating how much I lost. And that's really been the best part for me. Yep. I'm with you. I'm with you. Love it. Well, I mean, that's enough on bankroller. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to dive too much in there. I mean, certainly if you guys have any more questions about bankroll and the concept or you know, when we're rolling out, you know, please feel free to reach out to us from this podcast. But you know, with that, I'm going to get into the main topic at hand. And as Colin mentioned a little bit, both of us are New York sports fans, right? So um, he has a little bit more, you know, a couple more championships than I do as a, a Yankees and Giants fan. Um, I'm a Jets and Mets fan, but we both luckily share the Knicks and Rangers. So we are New York sports fans because we are from Southern Connecticut. Um, and as you know, many of you in the area may know, it's been about one and a half months since uh, mobile sports betting became legal in Connecticut. I think it was on Tuesday, October 19th uh, was the big day. You know, basically right from that day forward, you know, myself and Colin were on there and, you know, we were thrilled to, to finally have sports betting legal where we live and, and can take advantage of it. We wanted to focus this podcast on that topic because it's, it's really just been super interesting to see the evolution from going from, you know, Colin and I have been betting with you know, illegally with a bookie for the last, you know, what, 10 plus years or so dating back into college. And now it's finally become legal. And a lot of things are different. A lot of things are better. Some things are, you know, maybe a little worse. I don't know, but I figured we could have this podcast just to talk about it. So, you know, I have a couple of topics here within the subtopic that I'm going to get into and, you know, we'll, we'll just kind of dive through. So, you know, the first thing that I have noticed is that, you know, Colin, when it was just you and me or, you know, some of the more degenerate friends of ours betting, it was a small group, right? You go to a bar and, you know, out of the eight guys we're with, one or two of them, generally you and me are the ones that have, have some action on the games that we're watching. Whereas now, I mean, I literally went to a bar last weekend um, and, you know, there's, you know, six or seven guys there. Most of them had never, you know, never really bet with, with the bookie. And now all of them have money on the line and it's fun, right? Like everyone is betting on something. We're all talking about bets because it's legal and the taboo's gone. You don't have to meet up with the bookie. So everyone's doing it. So a big part for me has just been the fun of everyone getting in on it. You know, I don't, I don't know if you've experienced that too, Paul. Yeah, for sure. I think for me, it's been, almost getting random texts and like reconnecting with people maybe I haven't talked to in a while. And they're just asking me kind of how I feel about certain games or props or kind of random bets that I'm like, Oh wait, Oh, you're getting into this now. Right. Um, so it's been kind of cool too. And, and also I guess some people think I'm a subject matter expert, but if they saw my uh, overall plus minus, they might not think that, but uh, <laughs> it, it's been, it's been cool to see that overall. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a, a good anecdote for me too, is like my, you know, fiance's, my fiance's dad is, you know, he like watches sports, a huge Giants fan. And, you know, we opened up a, a little DraftKings account for him. And, you know, he used to kind of sprinkle things with me on holidays and stuff. And now he's asking me advice, same as you. Right. So it's like, it's yeah. just funny how everyone can get on it because it's just so much more accessible than having to have a bookie and whatever the, their procedures are for meeting up and settling or, you know, they're not normal, right. Either it's in person and it's like kind of a weird, like cash handoff or it's, you know, yeah. Venmo and like, you're, you're having to like put like steak dinner in your Venmo, uh, you know, description. So that's not like <laughs> weird bookie money, right. Like weird emojis. Like it's just, the taboo is just removed. It's so much more normal. There's commercials out there for it. So it just feels so much more accessible for people. So if you're a sports fan of any kind, 
you know, you're getting into it. And a lot of our friends are just kind of, they're big sports fans, but you know, they bet sometimes with us, but never really dove into it. And now they are. And, you know, for better or for worse, they're in there with us now. And, you know, at least for us, the guys who have always been in there, it's just fun, right. To have more people cheering for things. And, you know, I mean, the best part of betting is like getting a group together, making the same bet, just going crazy. Right. Like, and now it's just so much more accessible for people to do that. So that's been pretty Absolutely. cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even a few weeks ago, my dad and my parents went up to go stay with some friends for the weekend. And I just get like a group text from him and his friends, like, Oh, who, who should we take in the giants bucks game this weekend? And then I gave him the wrong, the wrong bet. So maybe they weren't so happy with me, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's really all walks of life, all ages. Um, like you said, all genders. Um, so it's been, it's been really interesting to see how, how much people are into it, where, we didn't really get that understanding from when it was a bookie. Cause like you said, you really have to go out of your way to make it happen. So right. while we did it, cause we were just complete fanatics. Now you get more of the casual fan. That's like, Oh, this is so easy. Let me just get a little extra juice on it. And then, right. and then there's so many fascinating bets. I don't know if you want to get into that too, that it kind of spices it up rather than kind of how we bet in the past, which was just bet on the spread, maybe bet on the money line, maybe yeah. our lays, but the, the legal books really have so many different offers, promotions, things like that, that have spiced up the game. And, and seems, seems to me that they've done a really good job in enticing people with that. Yeah. I mean, that's a great segue, I think, into our next topic of which has a lot to unpack. In it. But, you know, my next topic is basically the difference between the bookie experience that we have had and, and technically still do have and the legal book experience. And there's so much that goes into that. I mean, let's start with betting options because you just brought it up you know, for those who never bet with a bookie, right? The experiences that you have, you know, kind of an app on your phone or not an app, a website that you go to with a specific login that your bookie gave you, at least most people act like this for, with the bookies and they have lines on there and, you know, they update in real time, um, but they're limited, right? You can't parlay a ton of things. Um, odds are limited. There's not that much live bets to do. Prop bets are generally limited. They close early. You know, the, the, the technology there is limited. And I think therefore the lines are limited. So, that's what our experience was for bookies for years. Um, and now DraftKings, FanDuel, Barstool Sports book, you know, all these books are opening up and they have tons more options, right? One of the main ones that jumps out at me is the same game parlay, which I think we're planning on doing a whole podcast on that because I think it's just such a unique way of betting that we never had access to and really opens up a lot of possibilities and it's super interesting, but there's tons more live bets. You know, there's, uh, there's also like, you can take futures in the middle of a season that was never the case, right? You could take Steph Curry right now for MVP if you wanted. Whereas in our you know, normal bookie experience, you had to take it at the beginning of the season before a single game started, before opening night. So, you know, a lot of stuff is now open and, you know, it's awesome, right? I mean, Colin, feel free to add some more color, but that's just a quick overview of, of you know, what's new. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. And then on top of that, it's been somewhat interesting for me to see how the bookie has had to compete a little bit. Uh, so like in the past year, for instance, my bookie has added a lot of prop betting, which was never there before. So it seems like they're really feeling the heat and, and realize they got to compete. Uh, but on the other hand, another main thing I've noticed, which is a benefit to these sports books. And I think it's because they have so much competition, like you mentioned, between FanDuel, DraftKings, Barstool, they're competing against each other. Plus they're competing against illegal bookies. So there's just a lot of competition where these legal ones seem to just have better lines. So yeah. Whether that's promotions where they juice the lines on kind of 
special location base. Like if, if they're going to give us a special line on the Knicks because we're from New York and they read our geolocation, then that might be one thing. Or just a random, like Barstool does it all the time where one of their personalities likes Duke. So they give a odds boost on Duke, right? Whereas the bookie obviously never did those things. So, and then beyond that, especially I've noticed in life betting, it really always seemed with the bookie, it was so skewed to favor the house and the bookie. Yeah. And now it seems a lot more even. I mean, let's be honest, it's still probably more skewed to the book, but it does seem like it's evening out more, which is a good thing for for everyone. Yeah, I've I've seen the same thing. I mean, there's probably a couple of reasons for that. I think you touched on one, which is just competition, right? So all these books have to compete with one another for something, right? A lot of it is just like, what lines do they offer and being creative with what lines they offer? Second is just odds, right? Trying to boost odds, trying to have better odds overall. And, uh, you know, they have, they have to try to have the best odds, right? Cause that's just, there's not much to compete on. And then in terms of bookie versus regular book bookies, I feel like with the odds kind of give you like that, like illegal risk, you know, type of tax, if you will, because they're doing this illegally and they could get in trouble for it. So they better make the money off of it that they need to, in order to, to keep doing it, to make it, make it make sense for them. So that's gone with the legal books. Right. And, and they can, they can make odds that, that make sense. Right. And that we're more willing to take. So, yeah, I mean, from, from in terms of available lines, just lines in general, I think legal books for me have been far superior. And it sounds like you, you're experiencing the same thing. Um, yeah. And one other thing you mentioned earlier, kind of jogged my memory, is if whether you do a parlay or just a normal bet or even a futures bet and your odds start to increase as whether the day goes along in a parlay or the season goes along in a future, a lot of these legal sports books are giving you the opportunity to cash out early, yeah. which is really interesting. And like we've seen, as we, we could probably do another podcast on other services that allow you to trade future tickets and all that kind of thing, right. but this is... Uh, I think an easier way for the, for the casual fan to, to right. protect themselves. And, and, and Hey, like for instance, I had Michigan state this year with my illegal book to win the big 10 at 66 to one. And when they were eight and oh, I would have liked to cash that out for 200 bucks and just made, made a, a 20 times my money. Right. Right. And that's probably what have been offered because, because they started so well and I wasn't able to do that because it was through the illegal book and that just wasn't a possibility. Right. And just to quickly touch upon what Colin means here with this cash out is a lot of these legal sports books are, or I think all of them, honestly, are offering a cash out option, which if you place a bet and then that bet is doing either worse or better than you intended for the bet, you know, when it's actually happening, whether it's a future or whether it's even an in-game bet at any time they have, if you go to your, your open bets, your unsettled bets, they have the opportunity for you to cash out for a different amount than what you put in generally. Right. So, in Colin's circumstance, let's say he bet uh, $20 to win, you know, uh, what was it, Colin? Like, or just give the exact example. If it's uh, like yeah, it was like 10 to win 600, let's say. Right. And then they were like almost co-favorite halfway through the season. They right. probably would have offered me something around 200 if I had to guess. Right. So Colin gets to eliminate the risk. The bet is gone. So if they win, he, you know, they don't, he doesn't actually realize at 600, but he gets a 200 in pocket and you know, sometimes that's even better because obviously the risk is gone if they don't, they don't win the big 10. And even if they do, you could have been betting with that $200 and who knows, maybe you made more with it than, uh, than you know, just the 400 difference or whatever, but that is a really cool option. And uh, yeah, that too. It, it, it's something that, you know, obviously doesn't exist with the bookies and um, it's very cool. Yeah. It's very cool. I even, 
you know, I hate to say it, but I had some, some big championship bets in on the Knicks and, you know, they're 500 now. They don't look amazing. We're having some turmoil with lineups and stuff. And I got to say, I took some of it out because I had a lot of money on it and they, they were offering yeah. it basically at, at even odds to bring it back. So I was like, screw it. I don't know if the Knicks are really going to win the championship this year. So, you know, might as well start, might as well bet on this game that they're about to win, I hope. So, you know, but it, it has been cool for sure. Yeah. I was going to say, we've, we've touched on a lot of the benefits. Do you see any weaknesses or, or downsides to, to betting with the, the legal versus the bookie? I really honestly only one in, in my time. And I think this is one that's going to, to diminish over time. So Colin and I both live on the border of New York and Connecticut, hence why we're big New York sports fans, but we literally live on the border. So, you know, I could hit a driver and, you know, get into New York right now. And Colin could probably take about 30 steps and get into New York. If, if not, he's in New York right now. I don't know. So the problem is New York does not have legal sports betting. Connecticut does. Both of us are, are oftentimes trying to open up FanDuel or DraftKings. We, we both use different ones and are trying to get the geolocation to work such that they know when we're in Connecticut. But we're so close to the New York border that they don't recognize that we're in Connecticut which is an issue because we then can't put a bet in, right? It says location, not verified. I was actually trying to put it in a bet last night, Knicks against the, um, against the Bulls. And thank God it didn't because they lost, but um, I was trying to get it in and I was trying for like 20 minutes and like refreshing, closing my app, restarting my phone, couldn't get it in. So that has been pretty frustrating for me. That being said, that is a minor issue because number one, once New York becomes legal, <laughs> that issue won't be, I don't believe it should be in, an issue anymore right because you know the borders won't matter but i guess it will matter in other states where there's border you know whatever but the other thing too is uh hopefully the technology gets better and they're able to you know make geolocation more precise um so i, I bet it'll alleviate but that's been the maybe the one downside I don't, i'm sure you've experienced the same thing but any other downsides that, that you've experienced call yeah for for that it does seem like new york is coming really soon and just overall the momentum that so many states have Hopefully this is no longer an issue in six months, let's say. But for now, uh, it has been a little frustrating. And I even had a DraftKings guy texting me trying to solve the issue. And he was going back to his team and all this stuff. And even he couldn't figure it out. So it's definitely something they know is an issue. And uh, it seems like they're working on. But with that fine tuning geolocation, it seems like they're they're even struggling with it. Uh, With that, though, you kind of mentioned another downside. Even if New York gets legalized, let's say, or when, I should say, being so on the border, they I think they'll still have to determine the specific geolocation due to taxes, right? And that's, that's the other point. potential yeah. downside, with even both with this geolocation issue, as well as with the bookie versus uh, legal betting. So I think if you're a casual fan, from my perspective, it's not really going to affect you, right? But maybe for the, for the guys that really bet a ton, it, it, it could be an issue. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, and you bring up you know, kind of the next topic also simultaneously, which is taxes. Uh, that's the big difference also between bookies and, and now legal books, right? Bookies, admittedly, Colin and I never paid a dime in taxes on any of our winnings. You also had a lot of losses, though, and we probably could have, you know, uh, written off those losses. So now that everything is legal. So can you? It cuts. I don't know. I think you can. I don't know the actual. Well, we should confirm that. Actual, like, you should, should be able to, but I'm not sure. I think you can, um, but I could be wrong. My understanding is that you definitely, if you win over $600 in a given fiscal year, 
you have to report that as taxes. So that is definitely a downside of betting with a legal book is that you have to pay taxes, but uh, it seems like a small price to pay. I believe, and again, we can confirm later, but I believe that if you lose money in sports betting, that you also can write that off your taxes. But again, maybe let's not touch upon that too much until we're able to confirm, but I think so. So. Yeah. Again, I think it's, it's a small issue that I don't think most people will need to come across unless you somehow yeah. hit a 20 way parlay that pays out 30 grand, then maybe you have to worry about it a little more, hey. but in that case, Hey, you want a lot of money anyway. So not right. so bad. At the end of the day, that's uh, that's the plan of everyone listening to this is to hit one of those 30 ways that you see on like Barstool's Instagram of some guy hit exactly. like a 30 team parlay to, you know, just completely change his life so he can quit his job and you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, me and Colin have been chasing exactly. that for a while. It hasn't happened yet, but, uh, you know, I'm sure it will pretty soon for us, I, I would imagine. Um, yeah, but, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the last topic I'll, I'll quickly finish with, and, and uh, you know, this is really just, let's talk about the two biggest, you know, kind of behemoths in there in terms of what they have to offer, right? So you use DraftKings, I use FanDuel. You know, let's just quickly talk about the reason that we each use the one that we do and, and then, you know, go off what we like and what we don't like. So I use FanDuel. Um, I've used DraftKings also, so I do have familiarity with DraftKings. The big reason for me using FanDuel is I just like the user experience better, honestly. So the actual uh, the actual application itself and how you click around, how you find things, how you navigate, how you put in bets. I prefer the FanDuel experience than the DraftKings one. It's just more obvious to me. It's more seamless. That's the big reason. I can't say other than the location stuff, which I think is is true of every application right now. I've seen no downsides with FanDuel. I like it because of the user experience, you know, curious your, your thoughts on why you pick DraftKings and what you like, what you don't like. Yeah. So it's interesting for me. I've had a, a little bit of a journey with the different platforms. It kind of started when we both got into the daily fantasy sports, probably back in 2015, when it really first got started and we yep. actually started on FanDuel and then my brother and his friends got into it and they started on DraftKings, started doing a weekly league. We put in 10, right. 10 bucks every week. And then that kind of got me on DraftKings, started using DraftKings more just through the daily fantasy sports. So then once uh, they released their sportsbooks apps, even before it was legal in Connecticut, actually, DraftKings allowed you without logging in or creating an account to basically navigate the whole site, to add bets to a bet slip, to see what the odds would be for a parlay, to see what kind of player props you could do. And really, I just got comfortable with the navigation because of that, because I was just curious about it. It was such a new thing. And while I wasn't even betting, I was just playing around with it. So that got me really comfortable with it. So then once it did become legal, I was just ingrained in using DraftKings already. So I had already gotten past your point, which was not being so comfortable with the layout and and the user interface. I was already comfortable with all that because they allowed for basically a guest account to go in and navigate with FanDuel Sportsbook didn't allow that. So I would come mm-hmm. on and basically if I wasn't in a legal state, it just didn't let me see any lines, didn't let me put anything on the bet slip, couldn't really look at anything. So it kind of became yeah. out of sight, out of mind in that way. And okay. then that's how I transitioned once it did become legal. And you're happy with DraftKings right now overall? Yeah, I, I think once I was able to get comfortable with it, it's kind of now I don't even remember any of the issues. I'm sure there were when I first got started, but right. uh, I think I got comfortable with it pretty quickly. I think some of the other interesting ones, we both follow Barstool on social media and things like that. And they seem to be offering a lot of these odds boost and kind of tying it in with their personalities, 
which is a really interesting attempt to, to get users away from basically the big two. I, I'd like right. to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to, to be honest, though, I'm not compelled to move because FanDuel, at least for me, has tons of odds boosts as well. So they're not necessarily tied to, you know, a, a specific uh, personality who, you know, has a, you know, egregious take on something or whatever it is, but um, they do have a lot of odds boosts. Um, a lot of their odds boosts are also on same game parlays and we're going to get into that on our next podcast, but I love same game parlays. So that's where I would prefer odds boosts to be than just like, you know, taking a, a straight up line or money line or a spread. So as we're currently making this podcast, I'm not compelled to switch at all. Um, I'm comfortable on FanDuel. It has the odds that I want. It has enough boosts and you know, that's it for me. So yeah, I mean, Call anything as we kind of wrap up here. Anything else that you want to add about you know anything in general uh, of the experience from switching over? Or you know, are we good to uh, close this thing out? Yeah, I think I'm just excited about really adding more game types to to the overall betting landscape, right? I think that's one of the things that that's limiting about the and that's why we started Bankroller is that we feel there's still untapped potential in the market, and that even though all this legal gambling and, and sports betting is been great and really exciting. There's still so much more to go and so many new game types. And I'm sure we'll be getting on a future podcast to get into those more and, and get people yep. excited about it. But uh, that that's really where my head's at as, as much fun as it is. I think there's still so much more room to grow. Yeah. I'm with you too. And, and like you said, as, as much fun as it is, it's, it's, you know, I think people are going to quickly see as we did when we started our bookies that maybe it's a little too much fun <laughs> and that they need to, <laughs> Uh, you know, curb their spending a little bit and make sure that they they manage how much they're willing to bet. And I think that's where bankroller can come in, right? Because you can fix your risk. You can say, okay, this weekend, I know I'm going to be watching a lot of sports. Let me put, you know, 50 bucks because that's what I'm willing to lose this weekend on betting. I'll put $50 into buying into a bankroller pool. I'm going to bet all weekend, assuming I don't run out of, you know, rolls in my bankroll and uh, I'm going to have fun and I'm just going to lose $50 at the most, right? I know that's the case. So, you know, that's where I think we come in, right, is, is if you if you want to have a ton of fun, you want to fix your risk and you want to have a lot of action and still a lot of upside, right? If you win one of those contests and, you know, I think bankroll is going to be a really good option. So um, I think also when bankroller comes out too, the last thing I'll say is, you know, if you're not familiar with betting, but you love sports, start on bankroller, do a, do a contest with us, bet on a bunch of things with a really small amount of risk, you know, put in five bucks and, you know, bet on a bunch of stuff with your roles. You're going to learn pretty quickly and then, you know, then go over to, to the, uh, you know, the real legal books when you're more comfortable and you, you are, you're ready to put a little bit more skin in the game and, and put some true bets in there. So that's all I'll say with that, I'm going to conclude our, our first podcast for bankroller. And you know, I was hopefully, going to say yeah. one thing before we sign off, you mentioned it's a, it's a big sports betting weekend. You have any locks for, uh, for the weekend conference championships, anything like that? So this weekend I am going tonight, I'm going to the Rangers game. And tomorrow night or tomorrow during the day, I'm going to the next game. So big MSG weekend for me. Okay. Um, I'm definitely parlaying those two games. And, oh, wow. uh, you know, so if I'm at a game, that's a lock. It doesn't matter. You know, if <laughs> it doesn't matter the line, doesn't matter the spreads, it's a lock. I so if I'm action. going, yeah, you have to. I mean, if you're at a game, you have to. So those are my yeah. two locks. You got anything good for us? Yeah, going with the college football. I like Oregon tonight. Tonight's Friday, December okay. 3rd. I like Oregon over Utah in the rematch. And then I like, I think I like Georgia in the big game. It seems the public's a little on that, but Alabama has been shaky. So I'm going to go with Georgia in the SEC championship. All right. Sounds good.
Sounds good, Carl. All right, buddy. Well, uh, appreciate the time. And uh, for all of you guys listening, uh, you have any questions about bankroll or want to learn more, you know, please feel free to reach out to us and, you know, we'll put our contact information in the post here. So thanks for listening and uh, we will talk to you next time.